think we have the tools in place to create a really fantastic experience for our advanced degree hires, and, and I feel like we are. And so now I, I would love to double down, yeah? Grow the size of our advanced degree program even more. And I think what that means five or 10 years down the road is the mix of consultants from MBAs and advanced degrees will be more balanced even than it is today. That's Michael Shaleen, a partner in our Silicon Valley office, and Jackie Flanagan, an associate partner in our Washington, D.C. office. They're talking about the future of advanced degree recruiting at Bain and how they see it progressing over the coming years. I'm Keith Bevins, a partner and global head of consultant recruiting at Bain & Company, and this is Beyond the Bio. It's a podcast that shares the stories of our extraordinary people from their perspectives. You can read their bios online, but those barely scratch the surface of who they are and the important work they're doing here at Bain. Today, we'll talk with Michael and Jackie about their backgrounds in academia, their journeys into and throughout Bain, and their efforts to hire more advanced degrees and to train and support them once they're here to be as successful as possible. Michael and Jackie, welcome. How are you? Hey, good morning, Keith. Good morning, Jackie. Hey, Keith. Hey, Michael. Great to talk. So as we always do, I think it's great for people to hear a little bit about your backgrounds. So maybe we'll start with you, Jackie. Can we talk a little bit about your hometown? I know you're from Philly, but what was your path into academia, into school, and into your PhD program? Yeah, you're right, Keith. Philly is my hometown, and I've stayed largely on the East Coast. So I went to undergrad at Georgetown in D.C., probably with the dreams of working in government one day. So I was a government major, but also potentially pre-med. Because I was pre-med, I took a first-year chemistry class and, and I fell in love with science. So ended up with a major in biochemistry and spent a lot of my time in undergrad researching anti-malarial drug resistance. And so after undergrad, did you sort of look for a job? Did you go to graduate school? What was what was the plan? Was it medical school at that point in time? Yeah, it, it's funny you say that. My dad asked me last year if I still would go, go to medical school. But to answer that seriously, I don't think I knew I could apply to jobs. I was in love with bench academic science. So I went directly to Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in Baltimore, so not too far from D.C. or Philly, and pursued a PhD in biophysics and biophysical chemistry. And did you want to stay doing research long-term? Did you want to work in corporate, maybe in pharma or something like that? Or, or were you, you know, hardcore science medicine for life? I think I was hardcore science for life. I'm sitting here at a table and my monitor is held up by my textbooks and I have a periodic table. So I'm perhaps still a scientist forever. Um, so in some ways, consulting was a, a happy accident. Very cool. Very cool. And it's nice to know that those textbooks you spent all that money on didn't go to complete waste. No, they're, they're great monitor stands. Michael, let's, let's talk about you. Tell us about your background. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? What was the plan? Very few of us sort of graduate from undergrad and say, you know, I want to be a partner at a consulting firm for decades to come. What was your path? What was your journey? Uh, yeah, so, well, as you, as you can tell, I grew up in Germany, and that's also where I went to school. So I, I went to an undergraduate at the Technical University of Darmstadt and studied material science. Yeah, so also science background quite focused on chemistry and physics. And then after that, I, I did my PhD in nanotechnology, yeah, so subsector of material science that was back then in the early 2000s, hot and 
and, and quite en vogue. During my PhD, I also had the opportunity to work in a small startup, in an R&D startup that got financed by a large uh, German chemicals company. And, and my career path back then was to, to actually join one of those large companies and, and work in their R&D department. And, and a PhD was, was actually one of those prerequisites to pursue that type of career in, in Germany. I, however, had always some sort of a knack or interest in economics. So I, I took a few economics classes and somehow I, I got interested in consulting right after I finished my undergrad and, and did a, a short internship at, at one of the consultancies. And of course, back then I had all of the prejudices that you have as, a, as an engineer and scientist about consulting, Yeah, that they're superficial, that it's a way too quick of, of turnarounds in, in order to understand the underlying problems. But I must say, already during that internship, I got quite impressed by, by the caliber of the people and, and also the difficulty of questions that they were asking. And so then over my time during my, my PhD, I also got a better understanding of what it is to work in a science department or an R&D department of, of a larger company. And I felt like hmm, this, this consulting thing, actually, uh, I liked that more and I could see myself there. But of course, I never thought I, I'm going to make this a long-term career. I actually thought, hey, I'm going to do this for a few years in order to learn a couple of things around management and, and economics and, and companies and that sort of stuff. And then I'm looking for a quote-unquote real job. How unsettling is the the realization, you know, midway through a PhD program or well into a PhD program that this may not be the path? Because it's obviously a big investment of time. And I think a lot of people sort of feel like once they take the leap, there's no turning back and no deviating from the plan. You know, how did you think about making that career shift, Michael, as you started to get more into the business side and starting to realize that there, there are other paths ahead? Was that a tough decision for you? And, and what did your mentors or your PhD advisors say about that path? Yeah, well, actually not so much because it, it was also not a, a one-off decision that occurred quickly. It, it just happened over over the time horizon of the three-year PhD program. You know, the, the schedule is a little bit different. Undergraduate in Germany is, is usually five years and then you add on a three-year PhD. So I think I, I just started to realize that in particular in a large company, then processes can be a little bit slow, that you have actually probably less flexibility in terms of what you can research than you might think you have. I also then started to understand the academic system a little bit better, where, where you then have usually only temporary employment for a few years, where, where then career options are quite limited, where there's a lot of focus on, on publications. So all of that, I think, appeared to be less attractive and with less degrees of freedom than what you might think when you start to do your, your PhD. And then on the other hand, I just had a really good experience in consulting. And don't get me wrong, that back then was a, was a second tier consultancy, so by no means top notch. And so then I thought, okay, let's, let's take it from, from here and let's try this other thing. Right. And Jackie, what about you? You know, you had been on this journey from the beginning. And at some point, since you're here, you had a realization that there might be other options. What was that transition point and that decision or that realization like for you? I think it was for many months a stealth realization. I kept it to myself that I was asking questions about how our research was applied in, in real life, you know, outside of the lab and questions about business that, that I wasn't getting answers to in lab. So I went about the process of interviewing without, I think, even telling many family or friends or my 
research advisor. And I actually distinctly remember one late night in lab when I walked into my advisor's office and said, I have a consulting offer and I'm taking it and I need to be done in six months. And I was probably more nervous than I needed to be. Everyone was quite supportive. I graduated on time and and the rest is history. But did you always have that sense that business might be the path for you? And and this was one of those realizations. And I'm thinking of like every cliche rom-com where you realize the best friend that you've been hanging out with all these times is the is the one for you. Was it like that? Or did you sort of say, you know, I'm curious, let me go into the career and explore it? You know, were you scratching an itch or, or developing a newfound passion that you didn't know you had? I think it was very much newfound. I heard about consulting interviews. I heard it was very competitive. I started to interview and found that the cases and the discussions I had in the cases were just very exciting and compelling and probably more active conversations that I had ever had in five years in lab. And so it was like that meet cute where you realize, oh, wait, I could actually do this and have fun and learn a lot. Right. I remember for me, I didn't stay for a PhD. I stayed for graduate school. And I realized somewhere along the way that I felt like I'd be better at leading an engineering organization than being an engineer. Because I I really did like my major. I liked my classes. I liked my time in lab. I didn't like some of the other things that came with the career path. And the business side felt like a better fit for me. Jackie, so you, you end up joining Bain in our DC office and talk a little bit about what that's been like for you. You've now been here a couple of years. You're doing quite well and moving up through the ranks, taking on leadership roles, et cetera. But what was the transition like into consulting for you? That's a great question, Keith. The transition went far better than I ever could have imagined. I remember on day one, not even understanding what a calendar invite was. I had never had one in my entire life. And I went through training So our advanced degree training and the trainings in our offices. And I was staffed on a very cool case to start. The topic was actually vaccines. So something very relevant for us today. And that first six months where it's a learning curve, it's an emotional curve because you're doing something different. All I can remember is how supported I was by the team members on my team who taught me more than I know from the managers and partners on that case as I learned how to work in in Bain ways. And in the end, you know, there was so much support there that it made it a really wonderful transition process. Awesome. And where do you focus most of your work now? Are you affiliated with a practice area? Yeah. After many years um, enjoying our generalist model, I am affiliated with healthcare. So I am back where I guess my first interests lie And it's been a lot of fun working in pharma, in R&D, and in life sciences, all of which I can pull threads from my undergraduate and graduate studies, but also what I learned along the way from Bain, from a generalist approach. Great. And Michael, let's talk about your path into Bain. So at some point you said, you know what, this consulting thing is really great. I'm going to take the plunge. Where did you end up joining uh, the firm? Yeah, so I joined the firm in a new Düsseldorf office, which was the second office in, in Germany back in 2004 and very small. I think we had only 25 consultants or something like that. It, it was just a few months old. And so I, I like that a lot because it, it reminded me of the, the startup phase that we had during my PhD. And you got to know the people very, very quickly. And then 
And then my start was actually <laughs> like like picture book. So the day before I started, I get a call from a consultant I've never spoken to. And he said, hey, Michael, you're going to start tomorrow. Please pack a bag. The day after your intro day, we're going to fly to Zurich to the client. You're already on a case. <laughs> <laughs> was it Was it in your field? Was it at least related to what you were working on? Yeah, well, it was a large industrial client, so sort of. And it was it was very, very exciting. Of course, I, I, I needed a lot of training back then and, and a lot of help, which I got from the teammates. But I think the, the approach uh, in, in Germany is a little bit different compared to the United States. In Germany, because we have starters joining basically all year round, it takes a while until you are part of of the dedicated training program. So I literally had just one day and then went sent off to the to the races. And then I had a similar experience as as Jackie. So in, in my very first years as a consultant, I had actually a broad portfolio of different clients of different different industries, whether it was health insurance, whether it was in industrials, in semiconductors. I also spent probably one and a half years as a manager or case team leader in our private equity practice, which I enjoyed a lot because it's it's such a fast-paced view into different types of businesses. And then once I got promoted to senior manager, so five years, roughly five years into the job, I had an opportunity to come to San Francisco. And it was only an experience transfer scheduled to be six months long. But I had the opportunity to take the entire family, so my wife and our son, who was only a few months old back then, and we really loved it in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. And here in the Bay Area also then had the opportunity to focus on our tech practice and on semiconductors in particular. And that's actually an industry that's very close and near and dear to me. It's also quite related to the things that I studied in material science. And so then, yeah, probably over over a 12 to 18 months period, also the my decision formed or our decision was a joint family decision formed that we want to make this a more long-term home. And so we decided to make the transfer permanent. And that's actually fantastic that things like that are possible inside of Bain, that you can move around, experience different offices, and then really also move in between the offices. That's a good point to raise. And I, I'd be curious, you know, having visited at this point, probably two-thirds of the Bain offices around the world. I'm curious about your experience. How similar or how consistent or how different are the cultures across the offices? Because it sounds like you've certainly obviously worked in more than one, but my guess is you've interacted with teams all over the world at this point. You know, What was the transition like from Bain, Germany, to Bain, San Francisco? It was a, a very easy decision. So it turns out, I think of Bain as one large family at this point. Yeah, So you get to know so many across the globe through our training programs, just by working together on different clients across the globe. And somehow it's easy to get to know Bainese, yeah, whether they are from different offices or the same office, whether they're, they're working in different industries. And it's, it's also fun to talk to them, not only about the job, but also, let's say, in a, in a more personal setting, let's say you, you have had a, a proposal pitched together and then afterwards uh, one one of the local partners is taking you out for dinner. It's always a fun and inspiring discussion. So I, I, I felt integrated into the office very, very quickly. It turns out that actually also the work is, is not different at all. We are following the same principles, the same approaches across the globe in, in our offices. So once you, what you have learned in one office can be directly transferred. Probably the, the biggest difference were the clients and, and, and the broader culture inside of those countries. And like Jackie, you ultimately found your way back home. So which practice areas are you mostly affiliated with now? 
in terms of uh, the industry vertical, that's right, uh, Keith. Yeah, so I'm working in our technology practice. And within mm -hmm. that, I focused uh, on the semiconductor industry. In fact, I have now the opportunity to lead our global semiconductor sector. So I'm working with my partner colleagues across the globe on these type of topics. Really great, really great. Let's transition a little bit and talk about some of the work you both are doing with our advanced degree efforts inside Bain. Bain has hired advanced degree candidates for years, but I would say under your leadership, Michael, for the last several years, we've really ramped up that efforts, not just in North America, but on a global basis. Our goal is really to aggressively grow the advanced degree population as a new source of talent, as a new source of really great folks. Bain has been growing way faster than the MBA programs globally, and you don't need a Bain case team to figure out that ultimately you're going to have to find new sources of talent, and that's really a large part of the effort that you've been leading for several years now. Michael, can you talk a little bit about why advanced degree hires are so critical to Bain as, as not just a source of talent, but a, the diversity of, of thinking and ideas and concepts and training that, that they bring to the table? Yeah, I think, well, to me, the, the most important point is really the source of talent, right? We, we, at Bain, we want to have the best talent across the nation, frankly, across the globe. And it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to focus only on, on one subsector of, of folks in their graduate programs, right? We have just heard what guided the decision that Jackie and I made. And, and I know talking from our other advanced degree hires that many are in those in a situation where they don't really know what they want to do after they have finished undergrad and they follow their passion. And for some, the passion is to directly start a job and then do an MBA. For others, it's to go a little bit deeper on the subject that they enjoyed. And so to, to me, it's, it's really obvious to broaden the funnel and include everyone into our, into our recruiting process that is interested in consulting. Now, I think, I think stepping back, okay, what are, what are maybe the different traits or capabilities that, that we start to see a little bit more in advanced degrees compared to our typical MBA hires? If you ask me, I think there's a, among all of the advanced degrees, there's really a deep level of curiosity. They have the ambition to get under the hood, to get to the bottom of the problem. In particular, when they are talking to engineers, folks in R&D departments, folks who are close to the product at clients, they ask the question, okay, so how does it work? And, and why are you doing this this way? And yeah, explain it to me. And, and then they listen. And often that also then creates very special bonds with our clients because it turns out that, that many engineers and scientists actually enjoy talking about their work <laughs> and explain some of the details that maybe others don't want to hear when they are only asking about numbers or schedules or whatever it is. And so that helps a lot and, and is something that is quite needed in our job. Yeah, and, and Jackie, maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the people listening are new to learning about consulting or unfamiliar with the recruiting process and, and saying, you know, the things that Michael described actually really appeal to me. How do I get into that flow? How do I find my, my way into a place like Bain? Talk a little bit about your journey for that and, and what are the on-ramps that are available for people that may be listening and, and getting more curious about the opportunity? Well, the first thing I'll say is if you don't know anything else about Bain, that's okay. I was in your shoes very similarly unaware. And, and the great news is we have a series of ways to get to know Bain and to get to know consulting, because we are aware it is a big decision to step away from, from your graduate degree on, on a somewhat different career path. I think the first and, and most exciting and where we've put our efforts 
heavily in the past few years is our Advantage Internship Program. It's a truly unique opportunity to experience a week in the life of what it would be like to be a Bain consultant. You are able to join a case team, help answer an actual question that those case teams are grappling with, and at the same time, get to know our office a little bit better. So for those of you who think that would be exciting and would love to get to know consulting a little bit more, would absolutely encourage you to see if the Advantage program is something you're interested in. And what about the value proposition as it relates to PhDs? You both ultimately found your way back to your passion related to your research. But Jackie, you alluded to earlier that being a general manager and seeing a lot of different industries is sort of how you started. What is the value proposition for somebody who has a PhD or an advanced degree and is thinking about coming to a place like Bain? Because we're not generally going to force you to just focus in your area. And Michael, you know, there are certain perks to having that really deep knowledge when you're talking with clients. But Jackie, we, we don't typically throw people in and say, okay, you're, you're my PhD or you're my advanced degree in this area. Just do that type of work. Absolutely not, Keith. I think the general manager approach is one of the single most exciting things that attracted me to Bain. We want you to think and solve problems like a general manager. And that means learning from a wide variety of industries. Almost certainly the problems that the healthcare industry is facing won't just be solved by people who have only been in healthcare, as an example. To share a time in which I worked outside of healthcare and then used that to drive impact in healthcare, one of the things we do really well, I think, at Bain is help our clients take a strategy and then move it to actual impact and results. We call that results delivery. I spent 10 months or so as a consultant working on portfolio strategy that moved into implementation and results delivery for a large aerospace company. It was a very important learning experience for me, but during that time, I really learned what it took to partner with a global organization to implement a series of difficult and complex initiatives. It turns out a couple years later, I was working in healthcare in the clinical trial space, and we had the exact same question. How do you take a strategy or a new approach to treating your customers and implement it at a global scale? And Keith, I think I took more of what I had learned from that aerospace than anything I had necessarily known about the healthcare or clinical trial ecosystem. Yeah, I often remind people that if expertise in an industry was all that was needed to solve the industry's problems, the experts would have solved it already and we wouldn't need the types of work that we're doing. And the truth is that that cross-pollination of ideas is where the value is. I had an experience as a consultant working in the restaurant space and then a few years later had an experience working for a healthcare provider post the Affordable Care Act. And the utilization of their exam rooms turned out to be sort of the biggest profit driver for them. And it was a lot like turning a table at a restaurant. And I had sort of done that work. It was new to healthcare, but it wasn't new to business. And making those connections is where we can add a lot of value. I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to onboard at Bain. 
you know, Jackie and Michael, you both talked about some of the training that we do. But once you go through the recruiting process and and find out that Bain is is an option for you and a, and a great fit for your career goals, you then actually have to come to Bain and, and be successful at Bain. Michael, maybe you can talk about how we onboard our advanced degree hires and, and get them integrated into the flow of things. I know we've made a lot of investments since you joined you know, 15, 20 years ago, but what's that process like for new hires? Yeah, uh, that's that's exactly right. So first what we did is we looked at, okay, what are the trainings that we are offering for our undergraduates and our graduate folks who are joining, yeah, either from an MBA program or from, from one of the normal universities. And those are quite extensive. And then we compared this to the typical skill set that we see from our advanced degree hires, right? So advanced degree hires, they're on, on some areas, they are well-versed, yeah, whether it's presentation skills, for example, on others, yeah, in particular, if they didn't have any economics classes, uh, they, there's, um, there are a couple of things that you need to understand. Yeah? How, how does a profit and loss statement work or how do you look in, into a balance sheet, those sort of things. And so we, out of our established trainings programs, we, we basically picked exactly the right courses that we know are most relevant for our advanced degrees and then added a few that address specifically some of the things where we saw some of our advanced degrees might see a few challenges when, when they enter, which is mostly around things like the, the answer first working style or making sure that you identify the critical questions of a problem first and, and focus on those because that's a little bit different of how you would run your, your PhD thesis, for example. Yeah. And when we were talking about that a couple of years ago, we were saying, you know, answer first is the idea that you you put a hypothesis out there and the work is actually proving it. But you start from a pretty clearly communicated, well-articulated answer first. I'm one day into the case and here's my answer. And we were sort of joking that for PhDs, if you do that and make that mistake, you could add a year to your program. Right. And so the stakes are a lot higher. It's not a it's not a natural way of thinking when the wrong answer first could cost you, you know, your graduation date. Jackie, what was that transition like for you moving to more of an answer first style versus a I'm going to collect all the data, do all the research and see what it tells me? Was that a difficult transition for you? I know a lot of ADs think about that when they get here. I think the biggest aspect of that that was difficult or or different is the speed at which you get to an answer first. We sometimes say we have a one hour, a one day, and a one week answer first on any case. I think if you were to equate that to academia, you might multiply by two and change the order of magnitude in terms of how how long your hypotheses took to develop. And so my biggest learning was how quickly you can leverage your colleagues experts at Bain, information that's publicly available to come to a really a really good one hour and one day answer first that that sets up the work you're going to do for the next many months. Right. And, and Michael, you talked a little bit about the training programs pulling from across different tenure training programs at Bain. And maybe, Jackie, you can talk a little bit about how we're closing the loop, because that training program continues to evolve sort of year in, year out. As we learn more about some of the skill needs that our advanced degree population has, we just continue to update the training. And I think we've gotten it to a place where it's not just, Michael, some of the financial statements and clear things that people need, but what other things are we finding through our sort of studying of the, of the challenges and getting the feedback? How have we continued to evolve the onboarding and the training? 
I think the, the onboarding and training teams have done a great job of learning from our advanced degrees each year on what resonated, what they wish they would have learned, and, and updating the curriculum, as you said, Keith. The one module that comes to mind that I have the opportunity to teach every year is professional development tips for consultants. There is no profit and loss statement in there. Instead, it says, what does it take to be a good consultant? How should I interact with my supervisor? You know, who are these team members and, and what do I do with them? And those things that may be esoteric to an advanced degree, we break it down and, and we really talk to them about what it means to give a clear and synthesized update to your supervisor, as an example. And so that, I think, is built off of all of the lessons we all have learned over the past many years of what it's helpful to tell people before they start on their first case. Yeah, and it's been really great to see us evolve as that population continues to grow and, and share. And a lot of the reflection is, what did you wish you knew when you got here? Okay, good. We're going to put that in the training. <laughs> Michael, once they get here and they get trained, they also have to get staffed. And I know from our work together that you've put a ton of effort into working with the program managers in every office to make sure that, that these folks are off to a strong start when they get here. And it doesn't happen by accident, but it's a very intentional effort because of your hard work along the way. How do you think about the ideal first case for someone coming in with an advanced degree? Maybe because we just talked about training I think we missed the most important part, which is that that our advanced degree training program actually happens even before you start. Yeah, so it's it's right. in the summer, and we get all together. The entire class across all North American offices gets together in San Francisco. So knock on wood that we will be able to do this again pretty soon. And then it's a it's a week long training program. So you start to get to know your colleagues even before you start and you, you are well versed in some of the things and know what to expect. Yeah. So that's a, a way better preparation than what I was experiencing 15 or 16 years ago. As you talk about that, though, just to be really clear, the, the training program really does start before you get here. And that's the learning part. But the community part is really great, too, because the advanced degrees get to know each other long before they start at Bain. And I had the opportunity to catch up with that group at new consultant training because they get the advanced degree training, but they also go through all of the consultant training because they are consultants. And I caught up with that group in Barcelona and I felt like the new guy at the family reunion because they had known each other for about eight months before that training. And had I think they had a WhatsApp group that was very active and they had stayed in touch and they were getting back together and I was joining. But it was very clear that they started building that community long before they got to Bain, regardless of what office they were in. It was really, really neat to see. Yeah, so uh, regarding the first case, so that's also something where we put quite a lot of thinking into it and, and also listen to the feedback that we have been hearing. So first of all, I think one of the really cool things at Bain is that you get to know the staffing manager before you're going to get staffed on your very first case. And so and the, the staffing manager is working with the leadership team in order to find, identify the ideal combination of, of associates and consultants to work on a respective case. And so once you join Bain as an advanced degree, you have a discussion with your staffing manager about your, your preferences, yeah, what type of industry vertical do you like, what type of capability, maybe you have some prior experience that might be relevant. And based on that initial discussion, then the staffing manager is proposing a handful of, of cases or maybe even a client development engagement or an IP topic that might be useful in terms of the topic that's being tackled there. And it's not only that, for the very first cases, we also 
team up our advanced degrees with some of our best coaches in the office. So those are often advanced degrees themselves who have advanced into leadership positions or folks who have created great experience, great learning experience for our advanced degrees in, in the past. Yeah, so you, you actually are going to be paired with someone who, who knows what your skill sets are and, and has a, a good understanding of where you're strong and, and where um, you might have to get a little bit of help. And that works out also really, really well. And in most uh, in, in, in these situations, then creates a, a very smooth onboarding. And Jackie is somebody who went through, I would say, one of the earlier iterations of that approach, but now on the other side of being the, the person they're matched with. What is that process like? And, and what type of support do you see us providing to people who are joining and probably pretty nervous about taking a hard right turn in their career journey a lot of times to join consulting out of an advanced degree program? I think it's a, a very thoughtful and a very personalized approach. We're talking about advanced degrees as one group right now, but everyone's background and experience could be quite different. And I think the power of the staffing manager is as you're speaking with them, they're actually understanding what you're most excited about, what you're nervous about, who are the type of people you might really jive with on that first case, because those, those connections mean a ton. I can't not mention this as I talk about my first case at Bain. I give all of the credit to learning everything about Bain to a second year associate consultant that was on my first case. She was a transfer from our Sydney office and taught me everything I know. And I remember joking with her then, you know, I'm indebted to you. And indebted, I think, was proved out because last February I flew to New Zealand for her wedding. As a way of one, you know, she's a tremendous friend of mine, but two, I mean, she had such an important role in my career and, and any success I had as I was starting out. So those relationships are pretty powerful and, and they'll last beyond the first case. Yeah, I think we often talk about apprenticeship as, as the senior person apprenticing the junior person. And the truth is, senior and junior is all relative. Some of the more junior people on the org chart have been at Bain for longer than our new hires. And that's true actually for advanced degrees and also MBA students and lateral hires, which is one of the neat parts of our culture, I think. I want to shift to just advice as we start to, to wrap up the conversation here. Let's talk first about thinking career journey. You know, What advice would you give to advanced degrees that are, I'll say, consulting curious at this point in time? What advice would you give them as they think about how to engage and think about their future career plans and whether or not consulting could play a role. And maybe, Michael, we'll start with you. And then, Jackie, I'd like you to weigh in on this, on this as well. Well, my, my advice is go check it out. Uh, try it. I think your experience is going to be better than what you imagine. So I back then, when, when I tried it, I got so positively Im impressed and it, it exceeded all of my expectations. And then I think the, the other thing that I would try is uh, once you start to get into the process, uh, make sure that you're well prepared for the interviews because the interviews are hard. And I know what I know what I'm talking about because I deliberately put Bain at the end of my interview journey. And I can tell you, I, I, <laughs> I was shown the door in a couple of first rounds when I started my, my interview process. So it's, um, it's not that easy. Yeah, quick plug on that note, uh, we will continue to add uh, resources for advanced degrees and other recruits uh, in terms of case prep resources. So it's not as intimidating as it's been in the past, but it, it's certainly a different interview 
format than a lot of people are used to. And one of the areas that we're getting better at, I think, is recognizing that people on different campuses, people coming from different degree programs, don't necessarily have a management consulting club on their campus and access to 20 alums and all kinds of presentations. And so my hope is that people listening know that there's resources out there. They shouldn't be intimidated and paralyzed. They should probably be intimidated and motivated to prepare. Jackie, what about you? What advice would you give for people who are curious uh, at the front end of their journey? I think the the single biggest piece of advice I love to give is approach this from a place of strengths. Advanced degrees, whether in medical school or law school or in PhD research, are inherently deep thinkers and really good problem solvers. And that's what we want. That's why we're excited to get to know you all. And then through the course of talking to folks at Bain and then your interviews, you start to see if you like this new and different way of problem solving, which I would say is more structured, it's faster, and it's, it's quick to understanding the implications for our clients. And so start from a place of strength, and then along the way, be honest and open with yourself if you like this new way of solving problems through case interviews, which I think are the best example of what the job is potentially going to feel like. Great. And then one last question for both of you. And again, I'd like for you both to weigh in on this. Where do you see the future of AD recruiting and our AD efforts going? You know, what are you going to be proud of looking back five years from now about the work that we've been putting in for you know, close to a decade now on this area? Well, first of all, I, I, I think we have come a really long way. Yeah. So the, the, the things that we have talked about in terms of onboarding, you know, our internship program, the advanced degree training program, how we are now approaching the different universities that's already in a, in a really good place. So I think we have the tools in place to create a really fantastic experience for our advanced degree hires. And, and I feel like we are. And so now I, I would love to double down. Yeah. Grow the size of our advanced degree program even more from, from year to year, more than, than we are growing our, our other programs and increase the share of this uh, really important and, and fascinating cohort that we have at Bain. Cool. What about you, Jackie? It's a really good question. I think the way I'd frame it is this year, I think, Keith, our advanced degree class was as big or bigger than our largest MBA feeder school. And I think that was a really exciting moment. And I think what that means five or 10 years down the road is the mix of consultants from MBAs and advanced degrees will be more balanced even than it is today to the extent that it, it's not an emerging channel. It, it's just how we do business and how we recruit. And so I'm deeply excited to continue to grow and, and, and almost make it just as normal as an MBA starting in a consulting position. And I think the second thing, and I actually heard this from one of our MBA recruits in the past year, they were telling me how excited they were to meet the advanced degrees that were part of their new consultant class. There was just a different type of problem solving. And they shared with me how excited they were that we had this diversity of thought in our incoming consultant class. So I'd be really excited and hopeful that that sentiment permeates our consulting classes around the globe. 
Awesome. Well, thank you both for your time today. Uh, Advanced degree recruiting has certainly been a priority for the firm for a long time because of both of your efforts and the rest of the recruiting team. It's really taken on a newfound momentum in recent years and is is an increasingly important part of all of our hiring efforts. And hopefully people hearing your journeys, hearing your stories, and hearing, frankly, all of the support that they'll get when they'll be here will be excited enough to at least come and hear what we're about and potentially start the journey with us. So, Michael and Jackie, thanks for your time today. It was great having you here. Thank you, Keith. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Beyond the Bio. If you'd like to share a review or give us input on what you'd like to hear on the podcast, we'd really like to hear from you. Please email our inbox at beyondthebio@bain.com. We'll see you soon with some new episodes and thanks for listening.